Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran Tayyiban mubarakan fih Kama yuhibbu rabbuna Wa yarudda Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu Anna muhammadan abduhu Wa rasuluh Al-Nasihul Amin Allahumma salli Ala nabiyina muhammad Wa ala alihi Wa sahbihi ajma'in ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah الحمد لله It is incumbent upon each and every one of us that we study and we learn our religion this is incumbent and this is a must that we have to learn our religion based upon the proofs and the evidences as the ulama they mentioned how can you believe in something that you're ignorant of and how can you establish something when you are ignorant of it? In order to establish it, then we have to know what is its reality. In order to believe in it, then we have to know about it. We have to have ilm. We have to have ilm as relates to it. And without this, then it will be impossible for us to know about it. It will be impossible for us to establish it uh, if, if we don't have knowledge of it. Naam. And especially in this time that we live in, where we have many individuals who they attribute to the deen that which is not from it. The only way that we will be able to handle these doubts is by knowing what the deen is and thus we will know what is not. Likewise, you have many of the people, especially in this later times, latter times that we are in right now, that they attribute to the deen that which is not from it. So you will have individuals telling you that such and such is from the deen, such and such is from what it means to adhere to the sunnah, such and such is from what it means to adhere to a da'wah, a salafiyyah. And the reality of it is, is that what they are calling you to is in fact and in actuality in stark contrast to the sunnah and stark contrast to a da'wah, a salafiyyah. But the only way in which we will be able to be safe from the likes of these doubts is by way of knowledge, is by way of knowledge. So we have to know bila shakku bila raib. What is ilm? What is knowledge? We have to know bila shakku bila raib. What is Islam? We have to know bila shakku bila raib. What is the sunnah? So that we are upon it correctly. Naam. Imam bin Baz, rahmatullah alayhi, as we continue going over the tremendous book by the Fadil to Shaykh Al-Alama Imam bin Baz, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, the book which is entitled Durus al Muhammad Li'amit al Ummah, important lessons for the general masses of the Muslims. And as mentioned before in previous classes, 
the likes of this is that which we have to concentrate on and to busy ourselves with because these are things that are vital. These are things that we need. These are things that are of uh, extreme importance. These are what? Important lessons. Na'am, for who? For every Muslim, whether that Muslim is a student of knowledge or that Muslim is a scholar or that Muslim is um, an everyday Muslim, everybody has to know these things. Everybody has to know these things. Na'am, and this is the type of stuff we are to busy ourselves with and we have to watch out and beware from those who will seek to distract us, those who will seek to preoccupy us with things that are not necessarily beneficial to us, uh, and especially those who seek to preoccupy us and to busy us with things that are detrimental to us, then we have to avoid the likes of these individuals, the likes of these ones who will distract us from that which would, in fact, in actuality, benefit us. And we have to realize uh, yani, uh, who the likes of these individuals are and realize our own situations and be serious and honest about our own situations and not indulge ourselves in things in which uh, have little to no benefit for us while we are lacking knowing those things which are in fact of tremendous benefit to us we don't know about them but yet we worry ourselves with that which has little to no benefit for us but in actuality is detrimental unto us we have reached the chapter الدرس, we reached the, the lesson الدرس الرابع the fourth lesson the fourth lesson نعم طيب this fourth lesson deals with أقسام التوحيد وأقسام الشرك it deals with the categories of Tawheed and the categories of Shirk نعم this right here is very important we need to know what is a Tawheed and its categories what is Shirk and what are the categories of a Shirk is important for us to know and we should know these things inside and out نعم Imam bin Baz rahimahullah ta'ala he mentions he says الدرس الرابع the fourth lesson أقسام التوحيد وأقسام الشرك the categories of a Tawheed and the categories of Shirk بيان أقسام التوحيد the explanation of the categories of a Tawheed وهي الثلاثة and they are three there are three, three categories to a tawheed. Naam. And these three categories of a tawheed, these are those which I will say this breakdown is the most popular. This breakdown is the most popular. Naam. Uh, the three. There is no fourth. So I don't want anyone to think that there's a version out there that has four. No, there is no fourth. It's three. It's three or less. Uh, it's three or less, right? So when I say this one is the most popular, meaning it's more popular than the other breakdown, which is less than three. But this one is the most popular. This one is the most popular. But there's benefit in each, as we'll come to see, bin-nilahi ta'ala, as it's all one saying the same thing. It's all one saying the same thing. Naam? But the one that is most popular, the three, the breakdown of the three is what? At-Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. At-Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. والتوحيد الألوهية and the Tawheed of الألوهية والتوحيد الأسماء والصفات and the Tawheed of الأسماء والصفات now before we go on because I know you have some naysayers out there who say oh the Muslims already know this 
this is well known, so on and so forth, right? Uh, these deranged individuals who are extremely foolish in their estimation and extremely wrong in their and their and what they say fail to realize that we are in constant need of review of what we know. So even if, for argument's sake, it is said, this is well known, then going over it again does not hurt us, but increases us in certainty. It increases certainty upon certainty. Now, it doesn't hurt us. It makes it more firm. And it's also possible that we don't know these categories as well as we think we do. So by going over them, then this will give us the opportunity to learn something new, right? So what I'm saying is, or to be reminded about something that we forgot. So what I'm saying is for everyone to question themselves now when it comes to at-tawheed, al-rububiyyah, naam. And I want everyone to question yourself. Are you well grounded? And what is the meaning of at-tawheed, al-rububiyyah? And you can bring some proofs and evidences that points to it. If a non-Muslim or a new Muslim would have come to ask you, ask you as an individual, what is a tawheed al-rububiyyah? How good will your answer be? You see, can that you could use as a me, as 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 a measuring stick to see whether or not we need to talk about this. We don't need to talk about this, right? <laughs> the answer is clear. We always need to talk about it. Always. Right? Always. Huh? But likewise, at Tawheed al what is it? Can you break it down? Can you explain it? Can you bring proofs of evidences for it? At Tawheed al Can you break it down? Can you explain it? Can you bring proofs of evidences as it relates to it? It's important. This is a question. You know, ask yourself. This is a question. Just ask yourself. And then we can better answer, uh, 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 or we, better, we can better know the reality that what? We always have to go over Tawheed, we always have to review it, we always have to uh, uh, study it in addition to studying other things, in addition to going over other aspects of our religion. But this is so important that we never leave it now without its discussion and without its mention. Because uh, as Shaykh al-Islam he mentions in Majmu' al-Fatawa that, that all of the deen is Tawheed. All of the deen is Tawheed. Right? So, how is it possible now we can reach a point where we don't got to talk about Tawheed no more? If you don't talk about Tawheed, you must not be talking about the deen. Because you cannot talk about the deen without talking about Tawheed. Ma'am, give an example. Give an example. Uh, hajj. You got to make Hajj, right? But, can you speak about Hajj without talking about Tawheed? It's impossible. It's impossible. Right? Uh, just name anything from our, our deen. Can you speak about it without speaking about Tawheed? It's impossible. Right? Why? Because إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ Because actions are but by their intentions. Therefore we understand what? That all of our religion has to be sincerely for Allah. وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهِ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينِ And they were not commanded except for the worship of Allah. Making all the religions sincere unto Him. Naam. So you have to have ikhlas in all you that 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 you do. So you, so you need a tawheed. Bait. Bait. You might get a headache, right? You might. 
And you might take an aspirin, right? Yeah. Is that situation devoid from Tawheed? Tawheed doesn't come up in that situation? You gonna take an aspirin? Yes, it comes up. <laughs> of course. Why? Why? Because you have a headache, you're sick. You need that sickness to change to being well. Right? Right. We understand that there is no change from situation to situation except by that Allah changes it. And it translated as there is no power, no might except with Allah. When you take that aspirin, that aspirin is what take your headache away? No. Allah cures you. The aspirin is just a means. It's a, it's a means. That's it. It's a means. It don't bring the cure. It's a means. So when we get sick, who cures us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you believe that, that, that the aspirin itself cures you, that's a violation of a tawheed. If you believe that the aspirin by itself is that which cures you independently, that's a violation of a tawheed. Naam? And then use that as, as, as an example. So the point is, is that in every aspect of our life, is it possible that it can be devoid and separated and divorced from it? Tawheed is not possible. So how can a person say, yani, the likes of what is said, that, uh, you know, we don't need to study Tawheed. Wow. So it's Tawheed al-Rububiyya Wa amma Tawheed al-Rububiyya Fahuwa al-Iman Bi anna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Khaliqu Likulli shay And Sheikh Mimbazi brings A brief definition for each It's a brief definition inshallah ta'ala Go into more depth and detail Or a little bit more depth and detail It's a brief definition That Tawheed al-Rububiyya It is the belief that Allah is the creator of everything. That Allah is the creator of everything. And that He is the one who is the, the disposer of affairs and everything. And He has no partner in that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the disposer of affairs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who decrees who is healthy, who is sick. Who is poor? Who is rich? Who gets married? Who doesn't get married? Who's going to have children? Who's not going to have children? Yani, so on and so forth. Who will get this job? Who won't get that job? Who will live in this place? Who will live in that place? Who will live today? Who will die today? Who will be born today? So on and so forth. Now, Allah is the disposal of the affairs. All of this is linked to a tawheed, a rububiyyah. Now, so whether it rains today or not is by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is the disposal of affairs. What, what, what areas get rain? What areas get drought? What areas have wildfires? What areas get struck with hurricanes? Allah is the disposal of the affairs. What area get a tornado? What area get a beautiful, beautiful day? Sunny day. Now, who get partly cloudy with showers and who get uh, partly cloudy with no showers? Everything is by what? Allah Ta'ala, He is the one who disposes the affairs inside of the, inside of the universe. Not just this world, inside of the universe. Inside of the universe. Naam. So it goes on in space, who who's disposing the affairs? Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. 
Right? That makes sense? You with me? Okay. All of this is from Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. From Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. Naam. وَأَمَّا Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah فَهُوَ al-Iman بأن الله سبحانه وتعالى هو المعبود بحق لا شريك له في ذلك that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is the only one or he is that which is worshipped in truth and he has no partners in that he is the only one that is worshipped in truth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وهو معنى لا إله إلا الله and this is the meaning of uh, that none has a right to worship in truth except Allah Because really the meaning of La ilaha illallah is La ma'buda haqqun illallah That none has the right to be worshipped the truth except Allah The meaning of La ilaha illallah is that none has the right to be worshipped the truth except Allah فجميع عبادات من صلاة وصوم وغير ذلك يجب إخلاصها لله وحده. So all of the acts of worship from prayer, from fasting, and other than that, then it is incumbent that we have sincerity in the performance of it and in our intentions and seeking rewards so on and so forth, and that we have sincerity and إخلاص for Allah سبحانه وتعالى alone. ولا يجوز صرف شيء it is not permissible to direct anything from it to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. So for example, a person he can't slaughter in the name of Allah and say Bedouin. Naam. You say, I did it for Allah. And just a piece of it was for say Bedouin. 90% for Allah, 10% say Bedouin. La. No, all for Allah, only. Naam. If you direct a portion of it to other than Allah, doesn't count. Doesn't count. Allah Taala, yani, is 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 in no need that partners be associated with Him. Whoever associates with Allah other than Him, Allah will leave him, and that which He has associated, He will leave him and His shirk. Naam. So it has to all be for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Has to all be for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Baik. وَأَمَّا التَّوْحِيدُ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ And then you have the tawheed of al-asma'i wa-sifat. وَفَهُوَ الإيمان بكل ما ورد في القرآن في القرآن الكريم والأحاديث الصحيحة من أسماء الله وصفاته وإثباتها لله وحده على وجه اللائق به سبحانه وتعالى من غير تحريف ولا تعطيل ولا تكييف ولا تمثيل This is Tawheed and the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to affirm every name and attribute that has come inside of the noble Quran and inside of the authentic hadith from Allah's names and his attributes and that we affirm them for Allah alone upon a manner that is befitting upon a manner that is befitting it befits Allah ta'ala's majesty Naam. without tahrif وَلَا تَعْطِيمُ وَلَا تَكْيِيفُ وَلَا تَمْثِيلُ That we confirm it, we believe in it, without altering the meaning or changing the words. We don't alter the meaning. Nor do we negate it. 
nor do we ex try to explain and discuss how. We don't talk about how Allah's names and attributes are, nor do we liken them to the creation. Nor do we liken His names and attributes to the creation. Nor do we liken the creation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? The Shaykh he mentions, he says, Imam Ben Bazi mentions, he says, Amalan biqawlihi ta'ala. Because working in accordance to Allah Ta'ala's statement, Qul, Allahu Ahad, that say He is Allah, the one, unique, the one, nothing like Him. Allahu Samad, Allah is the one who He provides for all, yet He needs none to provide for Him. He is the one who is self sufficient. Lam Yalid, Walam Yulad, He does not have children, nor does He have parents. Walam Yakuldahu Kufuan Ahad. And that there is nothing that is like him. There is nothing similar to Allah. Uh, yani, uh, uh, or there's nothing like, uh, better say, there's nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's clearer, right? There's nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also working according to the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ There is nothing that is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa huwa sami'ul basir and he is the all-hearer, the all-seer naam, he is the all-hearer, the all-seer so there is nothing that is like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this wording is better than saying there's nothing that is similar naam uh, uh, nothing similar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we went over this before uh, in previous uh, classes but there is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a, as a quick reminder here as a quick reminder here there, we don't say similar, right? To say uh, uh, similar is not accurate, 100%. Why? Because when it comes to certain things, then the name is similar. The reality is not. No way. But the name is similar. Now, so Allah Ta'ala here in this ayah, He gives us this lesson. Where He says, There is nothing that is like Him. There is nothing that is like Him. And He is the Hearer the seer. We understand as samir or hearer or seer. Now I'm just how it's translated. But generally it says as samir, the one who hears. Al basir, the one who sees. Now, human beings, could it be categorized as things that hear and see? Yes, because they hear and see. Right? So there's a similarity in what? The name. Hearing and seeing. It's a similarity in the name of the quality of the attribute. Hearing and seeing. Right? Like. But. Is there anything like Allah? No. Why? Because we don't hear and see like Allah. Nothing hears and sees like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's nothing that is like Him. Nothing hears like He hears. Nothing sees like He sees. So on and so forth. So with all of His names and attributes, there is nothing that is yani, uh, 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 like Him. There is nothing like Him. Nothing the same as Him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nothing like Him. But similarity, yeah, name could be similar, but not the reality. The reality is not similar. That makes sense? That makes sense? But So there is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the principle when it relates to the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is that what? There is nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Other sunnah ulama. Imam Ibn Bazi mentions, he says, وَقَدْ جَعْلَهَا بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ نَوْعِينَ And some of the people of knowledge, 
they categorize it into two categories. Meaning what? It's Tawheed. They say that Tawheed is two categories. Right? طيب. And they merge التوحيد الأسماء والصفات and التوحيد الربوبية they make them one category right so the, so the category of الربوبية والأسماء والصفات they make it into one category and they name it with a name and التوحيد الألوهية they leave it as one category that's how they come with two could they merge two of the categories together and leave one by itself and they come up with two right and the Shaykh he says, "Wala mushaha fi dhalik," and there's no there's no argument as relates to it. It's okay. لأن المقصودة واضح because what is intended is clear. في كلا في كلا التقسيمين because what is intended is clear in both breakdowns, right? In both breakdowns, whether it's four, uh, 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 three. Uh, not four, three uh, or two. What's intended is is the same and is clear. Now we saying that you know for those persons, the people who say hey, we don't need to study tawheed no more. We got it. We got tawheed. Okay. Uh, those ulama who break it down into two categories, what do they call those categories? You don't have to answer. But if we have it the way that these other people saying that we have it, then we should know that. We should know why it's a difference. We should know why they see it as two and not see it as three. We should know what yani, uh, way that they're looking at it to, 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 to break it down as such. Inshallah ta'ala, we're going to come to it shortly. But the point is is that if, 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 if all of the Muslims didn't need to hear about Tawheed and all of the Muslims, all of the Muslims will be well grounded and this and they'll be well grounded and can break it down to what are these two categories called why is broken down like this and so on and so forth if we are in no need of talking about Tawheed because the other things we can talk about then all of the Muslims will, will know this stuff but is that the reality? no, why? because you have many Muslims out there that don't even know what, what Tawheed means there are many Muslims out there don't even know what is the meaning of La ilaha illallah. If you ask them, what's the meaning of La ilaha illallah? As Sheikh Al-Bani, as Imam Nasr al-Din Al-Bani, as he used to say, is that there, he said, most cases, it's going to be one or two answers. Either they're going to say, I don't know, or they're going to give you an incorrect meaning. That's what most Muslims. So that's the situation with the Muslims worldwide. How in the world we can't, we're not, we're not supposed to talk about Tawheed. We need to talk about Tawheed more. If most of the Muslims in the world don't understand the meaning of Allah and Allah, we're in bad shape. We're in bad shape as an Ummah. Naam. So we have to talk about Tawheed. We have to. It has to be constant. Why? Because a person needs to be reminded. That's one. A person needs to be reminded. Right? But people live and die. So people come and go. So as generations go, but well, the next generation don't need to know about Tawheed. They got to learn about Tawheed too. Right? I'm from a generation they call Generation X. But People of Generation X, they, they all know, all the Muslim Generation X know, well grounded in Tawheed, no, so they need to know about it. But even if they was, for argument's sake, all well grounded in Tawheed, but that's going to translate over to the millennials? No. Somebody got to teach millennials about Tawheed, right? 
Huh? If you want to go back before my generation, the baby boomers, this is all the definition they call them, uh, you know, whatever. Right? The baby boomers, right? If all them know about Tawheed, the generation X don't know about Tawheed just by default. No, they got to, they got to, somebody got to talk about, to, about Tawheed, but to us too. But do all the baby boomers know about Tawheed? <laughs> no. Right? So on and so forth. Right? So this, so this, so, so, so from this standpoint, it shows you the importance on why this has to be a constant. Why? Because as people learn, then other people are still going to need to be taught. You have individuals who, let's say for argument's sake, right? All of us in here, alhamdulillah, we well grounded in Tawheed. Alhamdulillah, wait. Now, what if someone accepts Islam tomorrow? And they come to the masjid and we say, oh, we sorry, brother. We, we don't talk about Tawheed no more because we finished that already. Now, what's that person going to do? They need to learn about Tawheed because they wasn't here before. Now, now they knew. They just, they just accepted Islam. So people are accepting Islam. People are being born. They have to learn about it. This is why the classes of it, Tawheed, have to be a constant inside the Masajid. Has to be a constant inside the Masajid. Now, this is in addition to talking about other things that people need to know about from their religion. But you, the, the, but Tawheed, it has to be a constant. Why? Because we are always in need of hearing and learning and studying and reviewing Tawheed. Always. The pro and, and where do we get this from? Where does we get this methodology from? From the Prophet Wasallam. The whole of his mission, he taught Tawheed. He never stopped. He never stopped. When they made Hijrah to Al-Medina, he didn't stop and say, no, we covered Tawheed in the Meccan period. So now we in Medina, we, we don't need to talk about Tawheed no more. Refer back to that. No, he still continued to speak about Tawheed, even as the ayat of the ahkam, even as the verses for the rules and regulations were, were, were coming down, he still spoke about Tawheed, still taught Tawheed, still reminded about Tawheed, so on and so forth. So we imitate the Prophet ﷺ in that, and that we... That Tawheed is what a constant because this is what we learned from our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Tawheed is a constant in Dawah, constant. No matter what else you talk about, you still talk about Tawheed too. Period. As our Sheikh Sheikh Hassan Abdul Halibun he mentions, he said the one who was upon the Sunnah, no matter what he talks about, you're going to hear Tawheed. Period. He said it doesn't matter what he talk about, you're going to hear Tawheed. He talk about Sira, you're going to hear Tawheed. He talk about Fiqh. You're going to hear Tawheed. You talk about whatever. He said even Lugha, even Arabic language, you're going to hear Tawheed. Everything, you're going to hear Tawheed. Not going to escape it. Right? Tayyip. The Fadil of Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Azaq, and Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, and Abad al Badr, he mentions, he says, وهذا الدرس بيان لما يتعلق بأقسام التوحيد الذي خلقنا الله خلقنا الله سبحانه وتعالى تبارك وتعالى لأجله وأوجدنا لتحقيقه. He says is that this this lesson talks about the and explains that which is connected to the categories of a tawhid. That which is connected to the categories of a tawhid. Of which the Tawheed that we have been, that Allah has created us for it. Yani, this is the reason, the purpose that we were brought, uh, that we were created. And in the, the reason we were brought into existence was to implement and to establish the Tawheed. And that they got a person to say, well, where, where, these categories, right? Those who say there are three categories, where do these categories come from? What's the delil upon these three 
categories. And the answer is that what? Is that the, these categories, how they have come up with it, or they have come up with these categories, is from pondering and reflecting and studying, deeply studying and following the, the text of the deen, then you will find that Tawheed is of three categories. It doesn't go beyond three categories. It does not go beyond three categories. Now, that makes sense? Is <coughs> because when you study and you reflect and you look, you will find Tawheed and it links to a certain meaning. Then you will find Tawheed again and it links to a, to a, to a, to a separate meaning that is distinct enough from the first that it could be its own meaning, its own category. And then you will find another third Tawheed that is distinct enough in its meaning and it link that it's become its own category. Naam. And there's no fourth. Why? Because anything other, other anything else out there from concepts that is linked to it, Tawheed, you will find it fits into one of these categories. It fits into one of these categories. Naam. So it's three. But that's how they were able to 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 see that, and that's how the uh, uh, the breakdown of categories is not just uniform, it's not just one. Because it's by it's by pondering and looking over the evidences. Now, so when you look at it from this standpoint, then it's three. So heat rububiyah, linked to what? Linked to the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now that Allah Ta'ala He is the creator. Allah Ta'ala He is the sustainer. Allah Ta'ala, He is the arranger of affairs. Allah Ta'ala, He is the one who causes death, the one who gives life, so on and so forth. All of these things are from a Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. Then you have a Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, dealing with the Ibadah, that all of the worship belongs to Allah and Allah alone. That there's nothing that is to be worshipped except Allah. There is no category of worship that is to be given to anything except Allah. When you look at that, it's Tawheed, but it's different from a Rububiyyah, correct? It's different. So it's its own category. Then you have a Tawheed al Asma'i wa Sifat. And that's the Tawheed that is linked to Allah's names and attributes. So when you look to it now, the similarities between all of them, right? But what? It's distinct enough that it is what? It's its own category. That makes sense? That makes sense? And this is why the three categories, right? But this is looking at it from that standpoint. That which is linked to Allah's actions and His Lordship, that which is linked to the worship that was linked to names and attributes. That's how they got three because he looked at it from that standpoint. Now, wahiya aqsamun mutalazima mutarabita la yanfaqu ba'duha an ba'd. And these are categories that are connected. They are linked and they are not separated and divorced from one another. That's why I said there's similarities between all of them. There's going to be a connection uh, between all of them, right? There's going to be a connection between all of them. And an underlying theme, for lack of a better term, between all of them. You cannot separate them. You cannot separate them. So the person comes with Rububiyya, but not an Uluhiyya, he's not a Muslim. He's not even a Muslim. No, he's not a Muslim. Can a person come, argue, for argument's sake, can a person come with Uluhiyya and not Rububiyya? It's not possible. A person going to worship Allah, Allah alone, but yet but yet think that, yani, make shirk and Rububiyya? Nah. It's not fathomable. Right? So on and so forth. So they're all linked together. They're all linked together and they're all connected together. Now, وَإِمَانُ الْعَبْدِ بِالْرُبِيَةِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وَأَسْمَائِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ وَصِفَاتِهِ يَسْتَلْزِمُ أَنْ يُخْلِصَ الْعِبَادَةِ كُلَّهَا لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ Now, 
check out the connection. Why you say they're all connected and linked? Why? Because if a abd, if a slave truly believes in Allah's lordship and in His names and His attributes, then this will necessitate by default that they single out their worship for Allah and Allah alone. That all of their worship is for Allah and Allah alone. If you understand the true reality of it, Tawheed al-Rububiyyah wal asma'i wa sifat then you worship Allah and Allah alone. It will necessitate it. That you don't worship anything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa an yufrida na'am tabarak wa ta'ala wahdahu bil ibadah and that you worship Him and Him only with your, with, with your acts of worship. Wa la yattakhidu ma'ahu andada and that you do not, you will not take along with Allah rivals and partners. You will not take along with Allah rivals and partners. Naam. But Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, it's a dhamman, Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, al-Asma'i wa-Sifat. So therefore, Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, it contains and, uh, how would you say, it incorporates Tawheed al-Rububiyyah and Tawheed al-Asma'i wa-Sifat. Naam. So they're all interconnected and all linked. They're all interconnected and they're all linked. And, 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 and one necessitates the other. فَأَشَّارَ الشَّيْخِ So Shaykh bin Baz, he pointed to this. فِي الْحَدِيثِ At the end of, يعني, uh, the, يعني, at the end of, 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 of what he mentioned as relates to this particular section, he, he pointed to this. نعم. عَنْ هَذِهِ الْأَقْسَامِ He pointed to this breakdown and how it was brought into these three categories. أَنَّ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْعِلْمِ that from the people of knowledge is that they're from the people of knowledge who make these categories into two categories they make them into two categories and they make into one category they make it into one category now here we go why? Why make a Tawheed al-Rubiyya and a Tawheed al-Asma'i or Sifat into one category? Why? That shows that what? That they're looking at it slightly different. That makes sense? They're looking at it slightly different. Let's go back to the first original way that you can look at it. The first original angle. Is that that which is linked to Allah's actions and His Lordship is one category. Right? Because that's the state. You can clearly separate that. That which is linked to worship, and that all worship belongs to Allah and Allah alone. That's one category. That's clear. That's, that's, that's distinct. You can separate that by itself. Okay. That which is linked to Allah's names and attributes. You're looking at it from that standpoint. Was linked to Allah's names and attributes. That's distinct. So you can categorize that and make that one category by itself. That's when you look at it from those standpoints. From His Lordship, from the names and attributes, and from worship. You can separate them. That makes sense? But, so a person say, well, okay, how do we make them into two categories? That means you're looking at it different. You're not looking at it from the standpoint of what was aforementioned, but you're looking at it from a different standpoint. They all merge together. They all gel together and merge together, right? Because uh, they're saying the same thing. Just expressing it and looking at it differently. That makes sense? So those ulama that have merged it into two categories... Is because they uh, their approach to it is different. Their approach to it is different. 
their approach to it is from the standpoint of knowledge and actions. That's, and that's the key I want you to hold on to. They're looking at it from the standpoint of knowledge and actions. So Tawheed from the standpoint of knowledge and actions. That makes sense? So far, that makes sense up to this point? Right. So they say, وَهُوَ التَّوْحِيدِ الْعِلْمِ Knowledge, the Tawheed of knowledge, وَالتَّوْحِيدِ الْعَمَلِ And the Tawheed of action. So therefore, الرُّبُوبِيَّةِ التَّوْحِيدِ الرُّبُوبِيَّةِ وَالتَّوْحِيدِ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ is one category because they are both Tawheed as linked to what? To knowledge, ilmi. So it's one category because they both are related to knowledge. And it Tawheed, al-Uluhiyya is a category by itself because it's linked to what? To actions, amali. فَهُوَ التَّوْحِيدِ الْعَمَلِ نعم, so we got التوحيد العلمي والتوحيد العملي نعم, so a person come and he say التوحيد التوحيد ينقسم إلى قسمين that التوحيد breaks down into two categories التوحيد العلمي والتوحيد العملي is he wrong? no, he's right he's right because some of the ulama they have explained it like this نعم. Some of the ulama they have explained it like this. Sheikh Abdul Razak, he mentioned, he says, but التوحيد العلمي, التوحيد العلمي, the Tawheed of knowledge. He says, ينتظم التوحيد الربوبية والتوحيد الأسماء والصفات لأن كل منهما مطلوب فيه العلم والمعرفة والإثبات. He said that the Tawheed العلمي, the it will encompass and incorporate, right, or it'll encompass a tawheed al-rububiyyah and a tawheed al-asma'i wa-sifat, the tawheed of Allah's lordship and the tawheed of Allah's names and attributes. Why? He said because in each of these, what is intended is what? Is knowledge. And to have an acknowledgement and to know and to affirm. So what is required from both of these categories of a tawheed is that you not you have knowledge, is that you know that Allah is the creator. He's the sustainer. He's the provider. He's the one who causes life, who causes death. That Allah Ta'ala, He is Al-Akbar. He is As-Salam. Yeah? So on and so forth. Naam. So it requires from you knowledge and affirming. So you affirm these things for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You have knowledge of them and you affirm them for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And if you do that, then you're able to establish both of these categories, and that's why they make it into one category. Because from the standpoint of knowledge and action, both of these are knowledge. That makes sense? But then you have a tawheed al amal A tawheed as relates to the actions. Well, who are tawheed al uluhiyya Then this is tawheed al uluhiyya the tawheed of worship. By singling out Allah alone with worship, and making all of the religions sincerely for him alone. But doing that is done by actions. You have to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, so this is why this is singled out by itself. Because this one predominantly is linked to what? Actions. So this is why it's tawheed al-amali. The tawheed of actions. 
that all of the ibadah belongs to Allah and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And that's how those scholars come with the two categories. When they say you got tawheed, ilmi, with tawheed, amali. Naam, that makes sense? But the, the Shaykh he says, وَكُلٌ مِنْ هَذَيْنِ تَوْحِيدَيْنِ مَقْصُودٌ لِلْخَلْقِ Talking about these two categories. And both of these tawheeds, meaning both of these categories of a tawheed, then it is, this is what, um, how would you say, this is the intent. This is the intent for يعني, the creation. This is the intent for the creation. كَمَا يَدُلُّ الْأَوَّلِ كَمَا يَدُلُّ لِلْأَوَّلِ قَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى أَوْ قَوْلُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Just like the first one is pointed to by Allah's statement. Meaning that what? That from the from the purpose and يعني, from the purpose of our creation is twofold. One, that we have this knowledge that we know that we know and we affirm for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which is particular to Him. This is a vital aspect of us being created is that we have this knowledge and that we affirm to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which is particular to Him. What's the proof of evidence? Allah ta'ala He says, Allah الذي خلق سبع سماوات ومن الأرض ومن الأرض مثلهن ويتنزل الأمر بينهن لتعلموا أن الله على كل شيء قدير وأن الله قد أحاط بكل شيء علما Is that is a surah uh, al-talaq verse, uh, verse uh, 12 where Allah Ta'ala says and Allah is the one who created the seven heavens and from the earth that which is similar to it and has set down the command between them لِتَعْلَمُوا So that you know, so that you have knowledge that Allah is over all things most capable and that Allah Allah encompasses everything with His knowledge. Naam, that Allah encompasses everything with His knowledge. So the shahid here, the point of reference is Allah Ta'ala's statement لِتَعْلَمُوا So that you know, you have ilm. So that you have this ilm and you affirm to Allah Ta'ala his name and his attributes, you affirm to Allah Ta'ala those things that are related in particular to him as it relates to his lordship. That that makes sense? Right? So we learn from this ayah that this was from what? The purpose of our creation. Allah is the one who created the seven heavens and earth and that which is similar to it to the end of the verse. And then of course, the one that we hear often as it relates to the purpose for our creation and that is to establish the ibadah for Allah and for Allah Ta'ala alone and that is what? To bring forth an action. To bring forth an action. And this is the second category, right? Al-Tawheed Al-Amali. The Tawheed of action. Allah Ta'ala, He says, and the, the, the deal for this, Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّةِ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I did not create the jinn nor the mankind except for them to worship me. Naam. So in the second one, it is the establishment of what? Of an action. And the action that belongs to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. طيب. So in the first ayah, it establishes that we were created so that we can have this knowledge and affirm for Allah that which is a particular term. And the second one, so that we could uh, worship Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone and bring forth the action. Now I'm going to bring forth the action. So this is why 
this this uh, this verse or uh, yani this categorization of a tawhid is to fahadani tawhidani huma maqsud al-khalq so these two categories of a tawhid and this is was the purpose for the creation being created and na'lama asma' rabbiha rabbina so that we know the names of our lord azza wa jal wa sifati and his attributes wa an na'rifahu jalla wa ala wa an na'rifahu na'am jalla wa ala bima ta'arrafa ila ibadihi bihi min asma'il husna wa sifatil ulya wa af'alihi al-azima and that Naam, and that, and that, and that, yeah, وَبِمَا تَعَرَّفَ إِلَىٰ عِبَادِهِ Is that we have this knowledge, we know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we know about His names, and we know about His attributes, and we know about His beautiful names, and His lofty attributes, and of, and of His tremendous actions, uh, and, and, and that we have knowledge and a firmness. الثاني, and the second one, العملي, uh, that we establish the worship, we bring forth the action, and يُفْرِدَ بِالْعِبَادَةِ وَأَنْ يُخْلِصَ الدِّينَ لَهُ Is that we worship him and him alone. We make all of our religions sincerely unto him alone. جَلَّ وَعَلَى وَلَا مَشَاحَ فِي ذَلِكَ And there's no debate or difference between the two breakdowns of the tawheed. One into three categories, the other one into two. They both say the same thing and express the same thing. Uh, just the verbiage of it is different. لِأَنَّ مَنْ عَدَّ التَّوْحِيدِ الْقِسْمَيْنِ جَعَلَ الربوبية والأسماء والصفات تحت قسم واحد وهو علمي وأن المطلوب في كل منهما هو العلم والثاني الذي هو التوحيد الألوهية توحيد عملي and the sheikh reiterates because those who make توحيد into two categories they put التوحيد الربوبية and توحيد الأسماء والصفات into one category because that which is required from it is knowledge and they put a tawheed uh, a into one category because that which is required from it is action and these three categories of a tawheed uh, وهو حجة كما هو شأن أمور كثيرة من شريعة عرفت بالاستقراء وتتبع بكلام الله وكلام رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم فهذا تقسيم التوحيد تقسيم الشرع بمعنى أنها متلقا من كتاب الله وسنة رسوله صلى الله وسلامه عليه he says that this breakdown of the categories of Tawheed, we know them due to researching and closely following the speech of Allah and the speech of His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and this is a yani, a following and a pondering and yani, that is complete and it is therefore a proof and an evidence, it's a hujjah like many things inside of the Sharia we know about them by following and yani, the evidences and pondering over the evidences, pondering over and following the speech of Allah and the speech of His Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, 
This is how we find them. So therefore, these categories, then this is actually a legislative categorization, a legislative breakdown. Meaning that this is because uh, we have come to know these categories from Allah's book and from the sunnah of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then the shaykh, he brings an example. He said, Unzur, هذه الأقسام على سبيل مثال في سورة الفاتحة. He said, and look, for example, to these three categories, to the, as it comes inside of Surah Al-Fatiha. This is an example. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise and thanks belong to Allah, the Lord of all that exists. Jehi says, this is what? Tawheed Al-Rububiyya. The Lordship. Naam. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. Naam. The most beneficent, the most merciful, the owner of the day of judgment. The Shaykh says, This is what? Tawheed al Asma'i wa Sifat. This is Tawheed al Asma'i wa Sifat. But, Iyaka na'budu wa Iyaka nasta'in. Unto you alone do we worship, unto you alone do we ask for help, aid, and assistance. This is what? Tawheed al Uluhiyya. So, right here in the first surah of the Quran, we find all three categories of Tawheed. But, the Shaykh brings another example. He says, he says, وَنْظُرْ هَذِهِ الْأَقْسَامِ فِي آخِرِ سُورَةٍ فِي الْقُرْآنِ He said, and also look at these categories in the last chapter of the Qur'an. Allah Ta'ala, He says, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ And say, say, I seek refuge with the Lord of mankind. The Lord of mankind. This is what? التوحيد الربوبيه The Tawheed of Allah's Lordship. نعم. ملك الناس. Malikinnas, the king of mankind. What's this? Tawheed al Asma'i wa Sifat. This is the Tawheed of the names and attributes. Right? Right. Ilahinnas, the only true object of worship of, of human beings. What is this? This is Tawheed al Uluhiyyah. This is Tawheed of the worship. Naam, the all worship belongs to Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone. So therefore, what? In, in these two chapters, the first chapter and the last chapter, we see in them all three categories of a tawheed. All three categories of a tawheed. The tawheed in Allah's lordship, the tawheed in Allah's names and attributes, the tawheed in Allah's worship. Naam. The tawheed in what? In Allah Ta'ala's worship. Naam. And then, uh, Sheikh Abdul Razak, he goes on to get into some more detail. On the next uh, portion and the next uh, section, but inshallah ta'ala, we will save that for the next class. Fa'naktafi bihaad al qadr wa sallallahu sallam ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa jazakumullahu khayran.